Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we will, of course, be gearing up for Saturday's home game uh, with Peterborough United at the Valley. But we've also got plenty more to discuss uh, this evening. Joining us to do that, first up, top right of the screen, Charlton Live's very own transfer correspondent, Tash Everett. How are you doing, Tash? <laughs> oh, my dreams are come true now, Louis. said that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm good, thank you, mate. Yeah, another uh, chaotic week in the world of Charlton, isn't it? But yeah, good yeah, to so- that certainly has been yeah and uh, it was very good timing that you were going to be on this show already this week but certainly with the news that you've broken uh, this afternoon also join us bottom of the screen a man who's never broken any transfer news on this show and i am actually thinking of putting him up for sale myself now because of that lewis cat hey dean lou not too bad mate not too bad thank you how are you yeah, good. Very good uh, in- indeed. So as I said, there's plenty to talk about on today's show. Of course, we'll be looking ahead to Peterborough. Of course, we'll look back uh, at last night's Q&A uh, with the directors. Uh, we're going to hear from Tim Studley as well to look ahead to that posh game. Um, but first things first, we have to go directly to our transfer correspondent, top right uh, of the screen. Tash, you've broken the news uh, this afternoon. What can you tell us about the West Ham United midfielder, Connor Coventry? I feel like I should be talking Scottish and wearing a yellow tie now. No, I'm joking. Um, no, so obviously, we were obviously linked with Conor Coventry uh, at the start of the window. Um, and that completely changed to him being heavily linked with Sheffield Wednesday, which, you know, I didn't know much about him, honestly, before we were linked with him. Um, but, you know, it was disappointing to see that he was probably going to end up going to the championship. I wouldn't have blamed him if he'd have gone the league above. Um uh, he had six months left on his on his West Ham contract. It's not going to get a look in, in the Premier League, it looks like. So that would have been a good move for him. Um, however, obviously, Rich Corley uh, tweeted out today that that deal had collapsed or that it was off. Um, and about an hour later, I found out that he was having a medical at Charlton. So that deal was back on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one because he's 23. So you'd argue like oh, it's a, a relatively young player, but he has had quite a lot of experience. He's been on loan four times in the EFL in the last couple of seasons. He's been to, he was Lincoln, Peterborough, MK Dons and Rotherham. And he actually got an assist against us for MK Dons <laughs> in their 2-0 win back in 2022. So, yeah, he looks like a promising little player. Obviously, it'd be interesting to see how he, how he fits in with the squad that we've got quite a congested midfield. But, yeah. Yeah, well, it's an excellent scoop, uh, Tash. So you broke the news that he was having uh, his medical uh, down at the training ground. Since then, we've seen uh, the, the Daily Mirror uh, and Sky Sports confirming uh, your news. In fact, uh, they've, they've gone even further and suggested that they think a, a formal announcement might be made in the next uh, 24 hours after agreeing a, a permanent deal uh, for the midfielder. So there you go. You, you heard it here first, well, or second or third, really, by the time we got the show out. But of course, Tash Everett, uh, breaking the news there that Connor Coventry uh, looks like he might be on the move by the sounds of, from what I've heard, it, it, it sounds like things are going quite smoothly as it as it stands. I don't think we're going to hear anything tonight. 
Um, but yeah, these, these things obviously can can turn or, or, or anything can happen. But yeah, sounds like good news, Lewis. Um, yeah, Connor Coventry from from the outside looking in, Lewis, if, if he is to become one of our players, and we we have seen how medicals can go wrong um, over the course of the years. But um, yeah, what would would you make of that signing if he is indeed uh, going to be put over the line in the next few hours? I think it's a promising one, to be honest with you. I think it's the sort of signing that the ownership have come out and stated that they want to make in terms of it being a permanent over a loan. Um, he's obviously got good pedigree um, in the EFL, as Tash mentioned, like multiple loans at, at EFL clubs at different levels. Um, there's always been a very decent performer at those clubs as well. I know MK Dons, his time there was very successful, um, had a decent spell at Rotherham last year. Um, and... I think he's a really good signing if it, if it comes off. It, it begs the question where he may go because of the amount of midfielders we have at the moment, whether we'll see some some movement going outwards as well. Um, but I think overall, I think it's I think it's a great signing. And and talking about, as we said, maybe on the show last week, that maybe the level of recruitment hasn't been there. And looking at the last couple of windows, the sorts of players we've ended up with haven't maybe hit the heights that we'd expected. Connor Coventry seems like one of those players that already has that that experience at this level and, and that pedigree to go in and make, and make an immediate impact, which obviously where we are at this stage of our season and, and our current performance so far, this campaign not being good enough is is something we need. Someone that's going to come in, hit the ground running and, and make that difference, hopefully show a little bit of leadership quality as well. Um, you know, he's played he's played for, for West Ham's under 23s for, for a while as well, has a decent reputation there. And I think to, to beat off championship interest as well. Obviously, I don't know why the deal at Wednesday would have fallen through, but to beat off some cha- clear championship interest to come and sign for a club that at the moment is is in the bottom half of League One um, is is a pretty decent um, decent bit of business from us. If so, fingers crossed, it all it all comes comes off and goes through. Mm, well, there we go, Robert. Uh, Smith in the chat was just asking if he signs overnight, will he be eligible to play on Saturday? Well, norm- normally the rule is midday on the Friday to play on the Saturday. So if he does, you'd assume he would be. Uh, knowing our luck, he'll be injured, won't he? That's just the way, that's the way it goes. That is a joke, though, uh, by the way. Let us know in the chat what you make of uh, of this potential uh, signing. Sydney saying our number one priority uh, in the topic of signing should be getting Dobbo to extend his contract. He's our hero uh, and captain and should be getting offered a, an offer that he deserves uh, and, and so much more. Please, uh, let's get Dobbo over the line. I mean, yeah, Lewis raised it there, Tash. It is another midfielder. It'll be the third one we've picked up in this window so far. Um, you know, obviously we'll raise further questions about Louis Watson, whether he's going to stay, uh, and I guess George Dobson as well. But he, he comes with a level of, of pedigree, this this uh, Connor Coventry. Yeah, I was going to make a joke and say maybe we've only signed him to get one up on Sheffield Wednesday, but there you go. Um, but yeah, no, he actually, looking at his, his transfer market profile earlier, he's got a Europa Conference League medal, which whatever you think about that competition, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to think about that. But yeah, he made two appearances for them in the group stages before he went off to Rotherham online uh, the back half of last season. Um, so yeah, there's that, but yeah, obviously he kept Rotherham or helped keep Rotherham up last season in the championship as well. Um, and yeah, he's got 10 senior appearances for West Ham as well. So yeah, obviously he's been stuck in the uh, Premier League too and in the EFL trophy this season. So he obviously needs that senior football move. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, that's promising. Obviously, as like many like fans are saying, like, does this mean Dobbo's going? I'd like to think not. Obviously, like the rumours are that he has a, the contract on the table, but I'd, I'd like to think in, in an ideal world, how Connor Coventry and George Dobson, but yeah, obviously that remains to be seen. Um, 
But yeah, I think it's, I think it's a positive move. I think, as you said, Louis, I think even though he is 23, it's it's adding experience. So yeah, it's good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to talk about actually this, obviously the amount of league games he's played. He's had in terms of playing serious minutes in the league obviously he had a short spell at Lincoln but Peterborough he played 12 league games Milton Keynes 22 league games Rotherham 16 league games so you know I think um we we heard similar when I spoke to Michael Appleton about Fiorini who signed um uh, obviously was it at the end of last week Lewis that uh, he 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 sort of needs you know he's been out and about but he's probably not going to play for West Ham if we're going to be serious in the Premier League so he'll he'll need a, a home now um, hopefully we can be the one to provide that. And you saw that with Josh Cullen, you know, I, I know we didn't end up being the team that provided a permanent home for him, but he had two really productive seasons with, with us and that helped kick off his career. And obviously the, in this case, you hope that would mean for Coventry that he could kick off his career and then actually still be with us when he, if he hits that potential that, that he, he seems to come with. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I imagine that, that Connor's looked at it as well. He, he'd be the third West Ham centre mid to come to us at a similar age with you know with Josh with those successful loan periods Dobson of course not coming directly from West Ham but obviously a product of West Ham's academy as well um, and obviously Simon when he signed for us there was he didn't have the best start but he's gone on to be a real a real cult hero for us he's become our captain and I think if you're a player at the age that Connor Coventry is and you are looking for that next move knowing you're not going to really make the stamp that you want to at your at your boyhood club you're you're looking at options and. Charlton, obviously, regardless of our position at the moment, is an attractive prospect. It's in London, so he doesn't need to move move away. We've obviously got that reference of other players that have become a success here following that same avenue that he's taken now, fingers crossed, if that deal comes through. So I think, yeah, I think he's, he's a different signing to, to Fiorini because I think he has that little bit more pedigree. What we touched on earlier is is where he fits in. That's that's my biggest worry is like signing him, I hope, isn't a big smokescreen that we're going to end up losing a George Dobson because Dobson's obviously incredibly important for us and, and he is our captain of maybe some of his leadership qualities have been called into question this season at times but I think that's just because of the the performances overall not being good enough from the team he's, he's no doubt a very important player and I, and I think Coventry is in a very similar position to Dobbo so for me of course it's, it's, a, it's a pro if he comes in because he's clearly got that pedigree as you say but I just hope it isn't at the expense of of Dobson, but that remains to be seen. Obviously, he's, there's a contract on the table. Supposedly, it's down to to Dobbo to sign it, and and hopefully he does because a midfield of of Coventry, Dobson, and another is is very very strong at this level. It certainly has potential. You know, like we say, I always say until I see this man in a Charlton shirt, I'm not I'm not going to judge him. You know, I've been I've been burned too many times. But yeah, a lot of um a lot of interest. The fact there was championship interest. It sounded like he got got beyond the talking stage so it certainly was um, Paul Davenport says uh, move aside Richard Cawley uh, for, for Tash there and, and I, I can assure you that Richard would have hated every minute of that um, it has, serves him very, serves him right for having a day he went up to Anfield I think last night to watch uh, some West London side in some second rate competition that's only a good competition up until the quarterfinals that one semi-finals don't really matter the League Cup um, but yeah obviously um, I, I did ask for your views on um, Coventry signing. Um, let's try and have a look at what people have um, ha- have said. Uh, was the creator says we have promised captaincy to Coventry once Dobson leaves. Well, we can't say that as a fact, can we? But that, well, that's, that's an interesting point. If he is considered that that sort of levels, shiny feels saying I think Coventry sounds like a good signing. But I'm more alarmed by our lack of action, uh, Re Dobbo, and still no defensive signings either. What's going on? Um, yeah, uh, Johan says a uh, Coventry is a statement signing. Uh, Tash, is it is it true that location 
is a is a key factor. Obviously, it's, it's sometimes hard to tell Tash why a, a player would choose to sign for a club. Obviously, finances will come into it. To, to location might have helped. We are based down south, very similarly to West Ham. Yeah, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Being completely honest, but yeah, I, I know that players within the squad currently are, are not wanting to necessarily move away because they're happy with the London location. It, it does benefit us massively. Um, and particularly, that's why we've had loads of players in the past, either through our academy or joining us um, after that live or from that Essex, East London sort of area that, you know, that it's easy for them to stay at home, being their friends and family. So it's definitely a, a plus for us, but I don't know for sure if that's definitely the reason. Mm, right. Um, Kai or Key Foster uh, says what's happened to the Gillespie signing. Well, it's, the last we heard was, you know, that... The, the he hadn't failed a medical, but they were going through a very thorough process. But when when you hear the phrase that they're going through a very thorough process, it obviously does raise raise a few questions there, Lewis. And still, we haven't um, we haven't heard anything. Uh, Was says, can you confirm if Richard Corley is jealous of Tash's uh, hair follicles? Well, again, again, <laughs> he's not here to answer that question for himself. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll leave that to your imagination. Sam saying. Uh, would be easy now to let Fraser go. Plus, we know Watson will be returning to Luton. Well, we don't know that for certain. Um, I think I saw some quotes from Rob Edwards, Luton manager, saying that he thought the the battle for for places at Charlton might actually be quite useful for Louis Watson. If we don't know for certain he's going to go back, but we do know he, you know, there, there was a, some thoughts by it that Richard uh, did did uh, report that, um, that that maybe Luton might think about it. So we don't know for certain, Lewis. Do you do you, I mean Fraser leaving? Do you see that as a a possible this window? I don't know. It's a difficult one. I mean, he's obviously had a lot of time out injured this season, so any potential suitor may not have seen enough of him to to make a serious bid because any any movement on Fraser will obviously involve a fee because we didn't sign him that long ago and obviously our investment in him was fairly hefty at the time. Um, I don't know how long exactly he's got left on his contract, but you would assume there would be a fee involved. Um, it's a weird one with Fraser, isn't it? I think he's one of the most frustrating players because... Sometimes he he's the best player on the pitch and sometimes he's the worst. And we haven't managed to get the best out of him really for a while now. I don't think he's ever really got going. Um, but with these signings coming in, obviously that's that's three midfielders in, in the space of like a week or so, isn't it? With, with Backington, Fiorini and hopefully Coventry. That obviously adds further competition already to those, to those places where you've got Dobson. That's probably the first name on the team sheet. Caroy has been playing recently. Louis Watson's obviously in that contention as well. Um, Chem Campbell, like the, there's so many options in that in that midfield. Depending what system Michael's going to play moving forward, once he maybe gets the players in that he wants, it'd be interesting to see how he sees that midfield settling with these incomings. At the moment, do I see Fraser as someone that starts ahead of a Connor Coventry, a George Dobson, a Louis Watson? For me personally, I don't. He's probably one of the higher earners at the football club. Would that be an area that we would look to to release some funds to sign areas that maybe are more in need, like in the defensive area? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think Fraser has had enough game time this season to to make an impression to, for, for us to receive any any kind of serious bid for him to leave. But that isn't to say that doesn't happen because there's obviously a good player there. Um, he just hasn't really hit the heights here so far. And whether that's down to fitness or... Um, sharpness. He obviously, I think he suffered massively with long COVID when um, when he first joined. There's been a few a few hurdles for him to cross. So I don't know at the moment. If if I'm Fraser, I'm, I'm thinking there's serious competition coming in here. My place is definitely up for grabs 
it's down to him to to make an impression to try and get himself on that team sheet because there's obviously a player there that can do it. Mm. Uh, Daniel saying Coventry signing at the expense of the Massives is probably the highlight of that signing. Uh, if it happens, I love getting one uh, over uh, on them. My very own Joe saying looking forward to the one eight one formation on Saturday. I mean, obviously we are we are midfield heavy now, and certainly if Connor Coventry uh, does score, if if and when he comes in, um, that will be. Yeah, and another midfielder in, into a very congested part of the pitch. But, you know, there are lots of questions, uh, of course, about Johnson, Clark, Harris. And we, we, we had updates from the board last night. Obviously, we've seen updates from, from Richard Corley on that one. Yeah, the, the, the fee has been agreed. Um, the player has been offered, by the sounds of it, more than what he's on at Peterborough. But he, he is in a very strong position there. Dean uh, saying he thinks he'll run down his contract and get more money uh, in the summer. As I said on Sunday, you know, if you run down your contract, you're, you're a free agent. Free agent signing on fees tend to be quite high um, You because there is no transfer fee to be paid as well. People might think, well, I've got a little bit more in, in the wage bucket for you there as well. Um, Tash, what, what would you make of that? I mean, l- let's not rule anything out until the, the end of the window. You might have a change of heart and think, actually, you know what? Now that Connor Coventry's going and you know, South East London is the place to be. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's a funny one. So obviously in the summer, he came so close to signing for Bristol Rovers, didn't he? And then that all collapsed quite embarrassingly at the at the final minute. And then I haven't seen anything about Bristol Rovers being interested in in this January. I think if they were going to go for him, and quite like a lot of other clubs, I think, yeah, they're going to wait until he's, until he's free. I think it's whether um, we obviously want to snap him up now, which, you know, when all of our strikers are fit, which nine times out of ten, unfortunately, they're not always fit. Um, we don't necessarily need him, but I do think, like, with an EK being how he is, unfortunately, I do think you need someone like Johnson Clark Harrison. We definitely need to be going for a striker in this window. Um, the fact that it's stalling at personal terms does worry me slightly because I think... I don't, I, I don't know why that would be. I don't know why that would be money. As you say, I think he's going to be offered more than he's on at Peterborough. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one. But yeah, we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, and uh, we'll see Andy's just saying on Fraser, he might have played more than you imagined, Lewis. You just didn't notice. Uh, Mark saying if Fraser goes, he's, he's willing uh, to to drive him. Uh, I'm, I'm quite glad a couple of people have mentioned this in the chat because I completely forgot it happened. But Martin said, uh, I said must be fit uh, with Sam Walker going. I uh, was saying that now that Walker has gone, will we look for a new goalkeeper to replace Ashley Maynard Brewer? He's still young, uh, too reckless sometimes, in my opinion, too inconsistent like so many uh, of our players. So, yeah, um, as, as those two have pointed out, they're club legend Sam Walker um, has left has left for uh, Bradford, um, so I, I, I've been follow, I, I followed that one with interest. Just from I noticed Bradford sold their keeper to Carlisle, and a lot of people were saying that arguably one of the best goalkeepers in League Two has jumped up into League One um, with, with Bradford, and uh, they've got Sam Walker now. Lewis. who? <laughs> I completely forgot he was here earlier. I was, I was at work and I saw that come through in our chat, and I completely forgot he existed, but. Uh... Hopefully that means one thing we'll take out of it. I mean, I can't imagine Sam Walker's Charlton career will be one that goes down in the history books. I think him and uh, Christophe Lapointe, whatever his name was, will will be etched into our memories forever. Um, but hopefully, on, on a positive spin of that, it will mean that that Harry Eistead is is near, you know, nearer to fitness or in contention. Regarding Ash, um, going back to one of the comments that came up there about about replacing him. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I, I think Ash himself is actually a really good shot stopper. I just think that some of his decision making is a little bit, um, a bit reckless. Some of his distributions obviously come under 
um, scrutiny um, with with his his kicking and and accuracy of, of said kicking not not being great. Um, but there have been games where he's been absolutely outstanding in terms of his shot stopping. Um, I think it was said. I can't remember if it was um, Bristol Rovers or Port Vale. This is the best away performance I've ever seen from a goalkeeper um, with some of the saves that Ash made. So he's obviously got that in the locker. I think there were just things in his game that he needs to work on. And I assume that's why we signed Harry Eisen. It's just to give that fresh competition um, for Ash and keep pushing him because Eisen himself maybe wouldn't be considered as an immediate number one. Like obviously he finished the season strongly at Barnsley last year, but before that, I think we even spoke when he signed in the summer that before that his his sort of appearances have been a fairly fairly low level and fairly sparse but he's obviously as well a young keeper that's that's coming up and I was impressed with him typically just as he got injured the other game of his life didn't he so you've got two keepers there that probably need to prove themselves it's really stiff competition when when Harry's fit I I, I think that it's it's tough on Ash it'd be harsh on Ash to drop him but I do think that um Eister maybe is that little bit more calm-headed, I suppose. And when you're in the position that we're in and, and the defence is maybe uh, a little bit leaky and, and frail like ours is that you maybe need a, a keeper that's that little bit less um, erratic. And I think at the moment, Ash can be just that bit erratic. I mean, that's why he wears mm. a face mask, right? He, he goes everywhere, <laughs> like gives himself concussion every week. So yeah, maybe Ice did coming back will be a will be a bit of a pro. Yeah, Daniel in the chat says uh, Ash gets put under a lot of pressure by a defence, so it mitigating circumstances really uh, to work with. This is a great one from James. It says Ben Perrington has gone from Ross County to Exeter today. Is that the furthest move ever that stays within the UK? I mean, is there a Plymouth to Inverness or something like that? That's a great question. Uh, won't dwell on it too much though, because obviously not not Charlton related. But obviously, good luck to uh, uh, to to Ben Perrington down at Exeter um, last night. Uh, obviously, we should we should reference the fact there was the uh, the Q and A. Um, Jim Rodwell, Gavin Carter, Paul Elliott uh, with Charlotte Richardson on, on, on Charlton TV. I mean, there was loads um, covered in it, Tash. I mean, uh, without going into too much detail, because obviously their video is, is there on YouTube and everyone uh, joining us in the comments, let us know if, if you've any questions from what you saw uh, on last night's show. But Tash, I mean, just, just your, your general view on some of the stuff they talked about. I and mean, they sort of highlighted certainly a lot of the problems um, and, and they, they put up quite a few slides with uh, how, how they saw solutions to things like recruitment. So they're, they're, they're moving to this squad building structure, uh, the 8 plus 8 plus 8, 8 elite, uh, 8 elite League One players, 8 consistent League One players, and 8 agra- uh, academy graduates. It'd be nice to try and cut up our current squad into that. But um, yeah, uh, did, uh, did you come away feeling, feeling, yeah, everything's great? Did you come away feeling, oh, that was a lot of management speak and I don't really know what to make of it? Which, which way did you fall on it? I think so. I managed to catch half of it because I was working um, last night. But yeah, I mean, first of all, obviously, I can appreciate the fact that, you know, that's something that we've lacked from owners over the years is having that communication. So first of all, that's refreshing in itself. Um, Whatever you think about what they said, at least they've sat and spoken to fans. Um, But yeah, obviously, someone I think I've been talking about earlier, but Someone reminded me that Catrian did a PowerPoint once and that didn't go down pretty well. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, in, in general, I think one the thing that stood out to me was the eight plus eight plus eight, as you just said, it's a bit of a mouthful, but yeah. Um, I do like looking at the current squad that we have right now and looking at the targets that we have in January, the people that we brought in in January, do we have eight elite players? I don't know. And then also, for the middle section of like eight players that can be relied on in the league. I think the phrasing was like, don't let the team down. I was like, okay, good to know. Um, but yeah, it's just 
I can see I can see what they're saying. Um, whether I think it's what they've implemented or what they're looking to implement, I don't know. And I think that was a lot of how, what I felt about what they said last night was they're addressing things that they should be addressing. But I don't necessarily think that right now they have the solutions to it. I mean, you can't expect them to have implemented everything and change everything they want to change in six months. Granted, that's you know it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, but I think like it's understandable if fans are a bit like, okay, this sounds great, and I, I like certain bits of what you said, but equally, I'm going to kind of watch and wait and see what you do rather than listen to what you say because we've been there before many, many times to learn that I don't just take what people say is gospel and that that's definitely going to happen. So yeah, I hope that the stuff that they were going on about and the focuses that they have, like for example, I liked the fact that they know that they're missing out on the next generation of fans. That's something that worries me and a lot of other supporters. I mean, you can see it on match days, how empty this, the, the ground is and how sad that is for everyone to see. Um, and the amount of like West Ham, I'm sorry, fans from Kent that should be going and supporting Charlton and we should be catching those fans. I know from experience, they all go out to West Ham on the high speeds um, instead. So it's just missing out. And I'm glad that they recognise that. I'm glad that they're looking at that. Um, it's just whether they can, as they said themselves, come up with a cohesive plan and actually execute it properly to get that to work. So yeah, we'll see. I think they were talking along the right lines, certainly, but whether it comes to anything, we'll see. Yeah, and obviously the, the legitimacy of the plan when it comes to fruition also relies on you know, how, how deep the pockets are of the money men if it turns into a long-term thing, which, to be honest, it, feel, you know, it feels like at the moment you know, the, the first season uh, hasn't hasn't gone ideally well, if we're being honest. We hope we're going to see the, the right steps taken in this transfer window. I mean, Lewis, uh, yeah, obviously there, I'm just looking at the slide that spoke about marketing to fans in the local area. I mean, there's there's been a lot of attempts over, over recent years to try and get bigger crowds into the Valley, but realistically they've they've all failed because we, we, we've stayed pretty stagnant for a while now and we've seen quite a lot of it this year. And, and again, I think a legitimacy in the plan and something that people will believe in will, will help that, but obviously getting to the championship will, will have to help that as well. Definitely, yeah. Like people, I think sometimes in this industry, especially, can forget that it this is a competitive sport, and we follow Charlton for for all of our own different reasons. But what people invest in, and and when you're trying to attract people that maybe maybe don't follow a club at the moment or are in the area and want to start coming, is you want to give them a product that they're proud of and they actually want to watch and. At the moment, this season, you can't say that we'd be an attractive prospect for somebody to spend their money on. You know, in the current way the climate is with financially and stuff, you, it's a difficult thing to sell. Like, there's a lot of work to be done off the pitch to get the crowds in. But ultimately, the, the main attraction to gain get people to the Valley is by the products on the pitch being much better. And I think the short-term win for this ownership will be how this January pans out and how the rest of the season goes. Because... It's, it's pretty obvious the first half has, has been pretty poor. If we're giving them the biggest benefit of the doubt and saying that the summer they didn't have a huge amount of control because the sale took however long to go through, that's being incredibly kind, by the way, then I think we'd be looking at you know this January as being the, the main starting point for them to make a real real statement. And that will be based on the players that come in and how we you know strongly we finish the season. In, in terms of getting into the top, the top six, I think that's miles off. I, I can't see that happening. But you never know. Like you have to be in it to to win it, and ultimately, we're 
we've got however many games left to try and do something, even if we finish strong and, and the crowds start building up because the results are good, the football's exciting, the players are uh, are turning out, you know, and, and you get all of that, then that builds a buzz around next season. And then next season you will see the crowds increase and you will see the atmosphere get better and then more and more people will come. And it's it's a massive chain reaction. You, I don't think you can just expect um, people, like local people to just come down because it's there. Like, that, that isn't the case. Like, a, a football club is part of a competitive sport and it's more than just a business to people. It, it is a competitive sport. We all go down and watch Charlton. We want them to win. We don't go there for any other reason to go and watch our team win and play its very best. And ultimately, that that will be where we capture these fans. And, you know, we've all probably experienced it over the years of, of supporting Charlton. We've probably all taken friends before that have, I know, especially in the Lee Bowyer season when we got promoted, I had friends come with me that all came back multiple times because it was enjoyable on the pitch. It was enjoyable off the pitch with atmosphere. At the moment, that isn't there. If I took a friend now, that would be a very different opinion of Charlton Athletic than it would have been four years ago. So we've got to get it right. And it's difficult to say you've got to get it right on the pitch because you have the least control over that because anything can happen. You could have the best starting eleven in the division and go and lose 4-0 to bottom of the league because that is what football is. But until we get it working and tighten it on the pitch, giving fans something they can connect to and a team they can be proud of, we're not going to see a huge flurry of new supporters come in only when the football becomes a little bit more exciting a little bit more enjoyable we start climbing the table and have something to play for will we see the crowds increase and that whole thing move in the positive direction mm, well that full video is still up on the club's official youtube this is definitely worth a watch i think uh for, for you to to understand the full uh, context of everything that's there i'll just look at some of the messages that have come in we've got a few in the chat a couple of emails as well uh, Peter saying, I think the board's vision of sustainability and correcting previous management mishaps going forwards is sensible. Uh, also pleased that the owners are willing to invest financially, it would appear. However, slightly concerned about the future of Charlton TV. Uh, quite easily the best pundits and commentary team in the business, in my opinion. Uh, just how am I going to follow my team if the EFL have their way? and close it down that's from pete uh in in minnesota and yeah there's still obviously uh confusion exactly how charlton tv is going to look with the new sky tv deal uh going forward um martin said uh good evening all um there was a bit of flannel uh in the chat last night but also some interesting insights in the structure and personalities at the management level uh, surely it's time to cut them some slack as there does seem to be a some sort of future plan plan and a willingness to listen and learn. We're still suffering from previous owner backlog, uh, although we have become accustomed to poor football and a poor manager. I was pleased uh, my question got answered regarding the use of Brownie and alike in a positive way, but I really can't see uh, Mr. Appleton taking any advice from anyone. His persona just feels like it's my way uh, or no way. He badly needs to win over some supporters, maybe showing a softer side uh, on a Q&A. Yes, we are unhappy uh, fans, but we can't keep bashing people down. You've got to turn a corner and make upward moves uh, as a club uh, where we were uh, we, we are where we are and hopefully long term is better otherwise you'll struggle to bring yourselves to do the show that's from martin yeah we did certainly struggle to do that quite a few times <laughs> this season uh lucas pointing out on transfers uh, why not tap into the latin american market he's trying to get himself a deal here lucas uh, championship clubs are uh, doing it and finding very good talents like jao pedro and gabriel sara uh, could be a good option uh, maybe um and as cameron points out we've just signed up uh, to some sort of deal with the Jamaican-based Mount Pleasant Academy. Uh, Cameron's saying hopefully we can get some of those lads in. Uh, well, it, it, you know, we, we've signed up with many deals <laughs> over the years. We'll see if this one uh, is fruitful. Dean on uh, last night's meeting says it came across well, more refreshing uh, than uh, TS or MS. Mind you, that's not 
Uh, Hard Dan said uh, Rodwell's flippant comments about both Dobbo and Corey were completely unnecessary. Didn't uh, appreciate that. A lot of people saying, can we name eight elite level <laughs> players in League One that we've got currently? Um, maybe three? I don't know. But that, that's obviously the direction they need They need to, to get themselves in. Chris saying, uh, you only get the support through the gate if you have success in League One. Too much competition now in London. The likes of Brentford, Luton. Uh, we've established uh, premiership clubs uh, and Brighton down the road as well. And yeah, and that does sort of reference like the, um, I don't know where they've spoken about the marketing and, and the catchment area. Like you can give away as many free t-shirts and stuff like that, do all that sort of stuff that marketing people are good at, but you do need to have the product on, on, on the field of play. Um, and as Lucas says, people will go to the Valley when the results are shown on the pitch. Right, we're going to have a break uh, very shortly. We've got our correspondent from Peterborough United, uh, he's going to join us in a few uh, moments' time as well. We should just touch on uh, the Danny Sender situation. You may have seen that the former Charlton assistant manager has been banned uh, for four years um, after uh, a breach of of one of the FA rules, um, a serious charge uh, for actions against two women on an FA course. Um, so he's been banned for four years. And um, just to clarify some of the stuff that we've been working on uh, on this, just to understand the timeline, because it's clear this this happened. Uh, in the summer on, on this course, the FA were, were clearly aware of it pretty much uh, immediately. Um, but Charlton are saying they weren't informed of it until about, it would seem, about a month later. Um, so the FA informed the club on the 20th, also without referencing at all what the breach uh, related to. Um, the Global Football Partnership came in on the 21st. Jim Rodwell said he was aware of the potential breach on the 24th. Um, but he was obviously still our, our um, assistant manager right up until he got sat to the same time as Dean Holden uh, at the end of August. Um, so, yeah, there's a few questions on that one, uh, Tash. Mainly, why did the FA not let the club know about the seriousness of the charge? Bear in mind, he continued to work with, you know, Charlton at a mixed training ground where the men's and women's teams are. Uh, he went on a, a tour with fans, you know, all of this in, in between the time that the FA were aware of this situation. Uh, and obviously, I guess also, why did the club not ask a few more questions? Because if they had, they might have found out the seriousness of, of this allegation. Um, and yeah, I mean, we will be asking more questions, but it, it's, a, it's a pretty nasty situation. Yeah, I don't think it reflects well on, on any party involved in it, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I think... When I read it yesterday, whenever it was, I was just completely shocked by it. Um, and yeah, I think obviously the fact that he was sitting at the club after it happened as well. And I think it's easy for like global football partners. Obviously, the incident took place before the takeover. However, as you pointed out, he was still employed by the club after the incident. And it boggles my mind, to be honest with you, for want of a better word, um, that the FA didn't give the club a heads up on what it was about, given the serious nature of, of, of it. And also the club, like, potentially not asking questions about what it was about. Um, that's the issue. And to be honest with you, when I read the initial tweet and it just said, like, you know, he'd broken the regulation, it doesn't scream to me that it's going to be anything malicious or how serious it was. And I think that's a problem. The assumption is, like, the club have, like, not, by the looks of things haven't gone and dug deeper when they should have done they should have and the FA should have protected the player staff and fans as well that would have been around um after those incidents so yeah I mean ideally I think it would have been better if the club had put a statement out themselves because I know fans like me and other people like wanted to hear their side of it and wanted to know what they were doing about it and what they 
you know, and to condemn it as well. Um, but I know that they made a comment to you guys through BBC London. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a very sensitive situation. And yeah, I hope that the, the victims are being looked after and that they're doing okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, to, to clarify, there is a full club statement, uh, which is on my social media, but it just sort of clarifies what I've, I've told you. They, they weren't given the details of the breach. Um, myself and, and Radio London are going back to ask more questions, both to them and the FA, but we won't dwell on that for now because that, that's, that's something that's going to come out in the next few days or whenever it happens. But, yeah, we're going to have a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we will turn our attention to Saturday's home game uh, with Peterborough United. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk. Hello fellow addicts, I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich, it has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Really looking forward to uh, Saturday's uh, home game with Peterborough uh, United at the Valley. Don't know why, really, because we haven't won for ages. We're shipping goals for fun, particularly in, in uh, late periods of, uh, of games. Uh, and our star signing from uh, Peterborough United hasn't signed yet. So um, anyway, to tell us all about uh, Darren Ferguson's uh, side, Tim uh, from the Yellow Block uh, pod uh, joins us now. Uh, Tim, welcome welcome to the show. Good to see you again. How How are you? Yes, good. Good to see you again. Uh, Happy New Year to all. I'm I'm all right. I'm better than I imagine the vast majority of your uh, your fan base is uh, right now. Somewhat polar opposites. The start of this season. Yeah, I can see why you are all right because on the ticker at the bottom of the screen there, you're, you're third uh, in the League One table, um, unbeaten in in nine games. It feels a long time ago that I. I described our early season encounter as potentially a promotion shake-up sort of a uh, six-pointer well it was for, for one of us um yeah uh, the season's gone quite well yeah what's happened though at Charlton in that time it's uh, yeah I'm it looks like you're, you're sticking with your gaffer from the outside looking in that seems uh surprising but look from a from a posh point of view we are um we're flying and 
that's not unusual for us at League One level, but it's, it's different this season for us. Um, our expectations were low, so naturally we've been quite surprised with just how well we've started the season. But having spent what feels like forever in League One, I know we've had the odd flirt with the Championship, this team this season are playing by far the best football I've ever seen a Darren Ferguson side play. And and that's a huge compliment because he's known for his expansive attacking football. Posh are known for their expansive attacking football. But there's there's something different about this squad. They are, and hopefully you'll see this on Saturday, um, sensational. By far the best I've, I've ever seen this club play this season, by a long shot. Hi, Tim. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, following that then, like, I'm glad someone's having a good season. <laughs> but yeah, obviously you're flying at the moment. Obviously, Pompey are kind of looking over their shoulders. I know a few Portland fans are getting a bit nervous about you guys and Derby. Um, but I know we didn't play for you in, in your last game, but obviously the elephant in the room, Clark Harris, I think he's been pivotal for you over the last, you know, however long. How do people fans actually feel about losing him? Because you were going to lose him in the summer and then obviously that fell through. So you kind of have a bit of a roller coaster of being like, okay, we're ready to say bye and then he's back. And so how how would you guys feel if he were to go to another League One club? It's such a strange uh, situation with, with JCH because he's on paper, you know, uh, a League One player all day long. Um, two times League One Golden Boot winner with us was absolutely key to our, our previous promotion or our most recent promotion. But he's kind of, either we've outgrown him, which is probably more likely, or, or maybe he's outgrown us. His style of play doesn't suit this squad. Um, and so if I'm honest, I don't think the Peterborough fans are that are that upset about the fact he's going. I think if we can get money for him now, considering he's out of contract in in uh, in the summer, then that will be that will be great. But it's uh, you know, he's been fantastic for the club, and he's. I'd like to think he's enjoyed his time here. But the way that we play now, he just doesn't fit into this squad, and that feels strange because he's a you know a proven goal scorer. It feels odd that you wouldn't want him in your squad, but it's it's almost like uh you know a relationship that's just kind of both gone their separate ways I suppose they've both kind of outgrown each other he doesn't really suit us anymore he's ready to move on and he leaves on on a good footing there's, there's nothing but but well wishes if he goes to a league one club I think it really depends on what sort of style they play obviously you know he looks like he's, he's heading to, to Charlton I suppose the the question from a posh point of view is do you need a, a, a target man because that's his only real position is an out and out target man um, will he work with Alfie May? I suppose time will tell in, in that respect. But he's, you know, he's he's, he's he's good for goals. He's guaranteed to score, but you do have to feed him. He won't create. He won't create those opportunities himself. He won't. Um, he, he won't make the. Uh, he won't make the opportunities himself. Luke, can he play right wing? No, he is. He's he's a he's a he's a number nine. He is. He's your. You know, he's your 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 Dave in your five-a-side team that just turns up, doesn't move from the six-yard box and, and just scores week in, week out. He's that kind of player. Physically, he's quite strong, but there's not a lot to him apart from scoring goals. But if that's what you need, then he's a great asset. Hiya, Tim. It obviously doesn't look like Clark Harris can be playing for either side on Saturday. Um, taking him out of the equation, obviously, you've had a great season so far. Who, who else do Charlton fans need to be wary of this weekend? Obviously... You've got great talents in Kwame Poku, Ephraim Mason-Clark, um, Peter Kyozo, I know, has gone back um, from his, which is obviously a bit of a shame for you guys. But but who else is there for us that we, that we need to be wary of this Saturday? So I think this kind of goes back to 
I suppose what I was saying about this being the the best Peterborough team that we've seen for certainly in my my living memory, it's it's just so complete from start to finish, and that's that's never been the case at Posh. We've always had a, a weak defence, or we've always had you know a position or two that you could look at and say that's your weakness. It doesn't really feel like there is one uh, in terms of strengths. It really does start from the back and move forward. You, you mentioned Poku and, and Mason Clark. Um, You've got Hector Kipianu at the, the base of midfield, Archie Collins at the base of midfield. They they pull the strings. Uh, even even in, in the back line, you've got players like Ronnie Edwards, who, and I'm quite happy to go on record and say this, will go on to play for England. So, you know, you've got class throughout that team at the moment. And that feels incredibly unnatural for me as a posh fan to say, because I'm naturally incredibly pessimistic. Um, so in terms of strengths, if I'm honest... If you're not in great form and your confidence is low, you're probably not going to want to go up against many of the posh players at the moment, is all I would say. It's, it's interesting because I'm trying to remember back to our conversation early on this season. And if I remember rightly, you were a bit down at the start of the campaign. You you weren't sure. So it goes to show that when you've had some, some business in the summer, you never really know quite how it's going to land. And obviously you have a, a Darren Ferguson who's been in and out about 50 times down there. Um, why, why is it it's all clicked this this time, do you think? And, you know, can you just write it all down so we can copy you? <laughs> well, I mean, it's taken Darren McAntony and the, the, the sort of the management there uh, a good couple of decades to get to the point that they found that winning formula. I, I don't know. I think it was, you know, we, we got sold a, a low expectation in the summer, which is unlike our, our chairman. He likes to big everything up. Um, but he, he said in the summer, don't expect much. And so I think naturally that helped because we didn't put pressure on the, the team early in the season like we would normally. Um, I think it's just, uh, I suppose, a perfect storm. We've got these young players that are come, all coming through at the right time together. Um, there are issues around squad depth and January could be an issue for us because we are in line to lose one or two really good players. And I don't include JCH in that. Um, he's He's not. At the moment, he doesn't even make our squad. Um, so it's, yeah, in terms of why it's all clicked, I think it's, it's literally just, I suppose, you can't say luck. There's too much planning that goes into football for it to be luck, but I think everything's just come right at the, at the right time, but it's not so much just securing the results. It's the style of play at the moment. And, and Darren has, has really got this young team firing and, and confident and they, they, they just look like they could be anyone. And I, I think the biggest tell for me is when a game is finished, I go on social media and I look at what the other team's fans are saying in their own circles, not when posh fans are trying to bait them out or, or have banter with them or anything like that. And consistently all through the season, we're seeing fans of other teams saying, that's the best team we've played this season. Um, and that's a huge compliment. Um, and, and so it, it feels like everything's going in the right direction. If we can get through January unscathed, then... Um, the sky's the limit for the for this squad at the moment. Um, oh, look at me! I spot a functioning well-run football club. Grew up. Well, you know what was it's it's for years and years and years. I've been desperate to be in this situation, so I'm absolutely milking it for everything I can for, for this season. <laughs> yeah, Tim. I was going to ask you how you think the game's going to go on Saturday, but I think we know the answer to that after your uh, <laughs> after what you said tonight. Well, um, it's, what? it's football, isn't it? So it'll be nil-nil. Yeah, or you will go on it's and beat us four-nil. Um, yeah, well, the question I did want to ask you is you, you mentioned him there, Ronnie Edwards. I keep seeing him be linked to our uh, friendly neighbours down the road, Crystal Palace. Um, but yeah, what can you tell us about him? Because at the moment, the centre-back department is something that we're, we're not doing too great in. So yeah, um, what can you tell us about him? What can we expect from him at the weekend? Yeah. 
Yeah, so Ronnie Edwards was one of many young players that we've kind of plucked out of non-league. We 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 got him from Barnet. Um, he is, uh, I mean, he's probably the best player I've ever seen at Peterborough United. And bearing in mind we've had the likes of Ivan Tony, um, I have I have absolutely no shadow of a doubt that that this guy will go on to play for England. Um, the next move for him is crucial, and as much as Obviously, Crystal Palace maybe leaves a bit of a sour taste for, for you guys. I actually think that's quite a good move for him because he will get game time there in the relatively short term as well. Um, and I think once he's once he's got that, then uh, it's really only it will be the, the next step to him being at one of the huge premiership clubs. It's, it's only a matter of time for him. He's got all the attributes. Uh, hopefully, you'll see this on Saturday. He's calm on the ball. He's collective. Um, considering his age, he he looks like that kind of 30, 31-year-old uh, journeyman defender that you get in uh, and hope that they're going to single-handedly get the club promoted. He's like that, but as a teenager. Uh, so he's, he's got the you know the world at his feet, really, at the moment. Excellent stuff. Tim, look, it's, it's been a pleasure uh, hearing from you this evening. I'm really looking forward to what sounds like it's going to be a pretty routine 4-0 win for us on, on Saturday. Um, yeah, cheers for your time. Obviously, good luck for the rest of the season, Tim. No worries, and you guys. Thank you. Cheers. There we go. That's Tim from the Yellow Block podcast who joined us on, on Charlton Live to tell us that um, Peterborough turned out to be one of the best uh, clubs, uh, one, of, one of the footballing superpowers of the world now, uh, Lou. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one Saturday. You know, bearing bearing in mind everything Tim's just told us about the posh. I mean, it's been it's been it's been a busy week, and it's almost like we've forgotten that we haven't won in in however long, like seven 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 or eight games now without a win. Uh, depending if you if you're counting cup games, we're on that horrendous run of conceding late goals. Seven after eighty minutes in the last seven games, we're on a run of five consecutive. Which again, another stat that Tash pulled up earlier. We're, we're on a we're on a bit of bad form at the moment, Lewis. And and I guess sounds like Peterborough aren't the side we want to be facing on Saturday. I was to say bloody poor reading, isn't it? When you, when you look into it like that. Um, although if Ronnie Edwards goes on to play for Palace, he doesn't deserve to play for England. So that's that's what I'll say. Um, yeah, look, it's it's not going to be easy. They're, they've obviously got a, a team full of talent, as as Tim said. Um, if they've got that spine in place as well, with the likes of of Edwards, Capriano, and then you've got those threats in Mason Clark and and Kwame Poku. It's, there's a lot of areas there. You know, you talk about this this eight plus eight plus eight strategy. It sounds like they've got plenty in the uh, in the top end of that of that strategy. So look, it's going to be a tough game. But sometimes we thrive on those. Um, on those challenges at home. Obviously, this season's not been so much, but the season's gone by. It's been the, the teams near the bottom of the table we've always struggled against. And at the top, we seem to, for some reason, pull it out of the bag. But there's going to be a real challenge, especially off the back of some a really disappointing um, December and, and Oxford game as well. It's, um, yeah, it's not going to be not going to be easy, but we're at home. We've got to look at where the advantages are. We've got dangerous players too. I, I think Corey Blackett Taylor still is one one of, if not the most dangerous player in the division when he's when he's firing. So look, it's going to be there's going to be some good battles. It's going to be an interesting game, but I think it, it sounds like where the where the game will be won will be in in the defenses. If if you've got a player like Ronnie Edwards who who Tim th- is that confident that will pl- will go on and play for England obviously that's very very different to our defensive situation at the moment so it's going to be tough but you know we've just got got to give it a go and we've got to try and stay positive otherwise where would we be yeah, I mean, Scott, there's a reference similar to what you said there. We'll do our typical and win 3-0 on Saturday because it has felt like traditionally we, we have been good against like the, the bigger, better teams. But obviously, we've been putting out that stat this year that I think the highest place team, well, the, I don't think we've beat a top half team so far this season. I haven't checked it 
if the table might have changed ever so slightly and one of the teams we've beaten might have just jumped into the top half since. But maybe Leighton Orient might be 12th, maybe. But I, I might be making it up. But yeah, we, we um, what we didn't really mention actually, Tash, about, about the Q&A was obviously the fact that the um, uh, Jim pretty pretty solidly backed the, the the gaffer in that michael appleton who's obviously been under a lot of pressure from from supporters recently you know joe on our show certainly called for his sack in a couple of weeks ago um so it, it doesn't feel like he's in any immediate danger but of course there's no getting away from the fact that these stats we've been talking about was it 13 games without a clean sheet now i think two wins in that time um the late goals that you've spoken about i'm sure you can reel off those stats for us um he, he does need to turn that around at some point and well if he can get a result against peterborough that will that will make things feel a, a lot more rosy yeah definitely i mean i can understand why rodwell said that i mean i don't necessarily think michael appleton is the answer um however i do understand from the club's perspective that going into the January window without a manager is just like asking for it not to go well. Um, although he has been put under considerable pressure. And if you look at the results, like Dean Holden was sacked for much less than what Appleton is currently still on the run of form with. Um, obviously, you've got to take into account, I feel myself saying this every season, but you've got to take into account that it's not his squad, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but again, on the other side of that, there have been so many moments, unfortunately, under Appleton that I've been left questioning his decision-making. Um, and I also think sometimes that we, we're quite used to having, like, more charismatic, like, out-there connection with the fans' time manager. And, you know, rightly or wrongly, that 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 isn't Appleton. So I think that obviously is an issue as well in terms of connection with the fans. But, I mean just decisions like playing Alfie May on the wing or like right wing back or whatever he was at Bristol Rovers the other week is just mind boggling. And there was a chance for Carnu that, you know, there's no offense to Carnu. I think he's great, but if you had, if you had Alfie May in the position he was in, he would have buried it and it would, might've been a different game. So it's definitely, and you know, the Louis Watson thing is another thing that I'm not sure about saying that I don't agree with. Um, you know, I think it, it shows like we might not have won at Port Vale and it was definitely areas that were questionable. But overall, I thought we did look better than we have. I'm not saying we look great, but I'm saying we look better. And that, no coincidence, because Louis Watson's there. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm so annoying because I feel like I want to sit on the fence in it. I think in an ideal world, I would say let's move on to someone else. But again, as a lot of people have said, like, who is the alternative? Because I don't think at the moment we're going to attract anyone of note, really, that's going to be much of an improvement. And much like I feel like with Appleton, it's just a sideward step from Dean Holden. I don't necessarily think it's changed much from what we had. So, yeah, I think probably going to have to stick it at the moment if we want to attract players because people won't want to come in if we're managerless and we look like even more of a basket case. So, yeah. Mm, yeah Luke's saying the uh, thing is, if we sack him, we'll be saying it's not his squad about the next manager. I don't know. Uh, what we do, Scott's saying, I generally hope that Appleton proves us all wrong. A few signings, injured players back. Uh, and let's see. Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly this this window, I think, needs to needs to assist Michael Appleton. And, and, and he did reference that he felt he was having very good results when we had those two big, big burly forwards up top, of course, in, in Chooks and EK and, and Miles Lieburn alternating from, from the bench, which, which certainly helped. But, you know, these defensive issues and these, these late goals... I still feel like there must be more you can get out of that side there. Um, but we'll see. Uh, someone asked in the chat earlier, I've lost it now, about Alfie. 
Um, obviously, Michael's not doing his press conference until um, tomorrow, so we won't get any update. When I asked him about um, Alfie May on Saturday after the Port Vale game, he said he said it likely still be 50-50, uh, although he was hoping the fact that we had a week between the games will help him. Obviously, now with Sam Walker go, he could be the sub-keeper on the bench at minimum, um, Lou. But um, yeah, with uh, with the squad looking ahead to Saturday, I mean... Um, Again, obviously, we, we missed Chem Campbell last week. And, and again, we won't know until until we hear from Michael tomorrow if there's a chance for him to be back. Um, are there any changes you're desperate to see in that side? I'm just looking at who came off the bench last week. So the likes of Terrell Thomas and Nathan Asimwe. I don't think either of those jump out as starters for me. And the only one else who might get a chance, considering it was a very young bench, is, is Scott Fraser. But I don't think anyone's particularly screaming for his return at this moment in time. No, I agree. I think, you know, how we lined up Saturday is probably what best and what we've got in this current state of play. Obviously, it'd be interesting to see um, if if Backinson and um, and Fiorini come in at any point. Obviously, I imagine both would be from the bench, but what part they would play in, in the matchday squad, that'll be interesting to see and, and, and at whose expense on that bench as well. Um, I'd like to see Chem Campbell come back in if he is if he is fit. I feel like he's had a bit of a a resurgence the last couple of weeks feels like it, it felt like he was out in the cold and was was destined to go back to Wolves, but has been playing a lot more, which is which is great. And I think he's um, he's a player that's that's always, you know, in performances where we've not been great, I think he's never really been one of the worst performers. I, I think he's been uh, as a whole. I think we've been fairly underwhelming, but I think he's been one of the better um, performers for us. Um, so hopefully he's back in the fold. And obviously the most important thing is that Alfie's around. If, if Alfie's back, it'll be brilliant. Um, he's obviously so important for us, you know, goal record aside. It's everything else he does for us, isn't it? It's the it's the running, it's the being a nuisance. It's He has that leadership quality as well. We spoke about it after the Pompey game, um, like the how he G's people up, the, the crowd and, and the team around him. He's very vocal. Um, he's a nuisance for any opposition. So, you know, we, Tim speaking about the strengths that they have as, as a reference, like Alfie is our strength. And it, I think it's critical that if we can get him back fit, then he's going to, he could be the difference on Saturday if we put in a decent performance. So if, if he's not around, then obviously we've got the tools we've got. It would have been ideal to get a striker in soon because we're obviously short in that area. Obviously the striker we're looking at at the moment, it's not as easy as, you know, it's easier said than done with, with Clark Harris because of everything in the background with, with what he wants to do contract wise. But, it's we're in the position we're in. So if we haven't got if we haven't got Alfie back, we're going to be having Carnu, and then it's what's behind him to support that's going to be important. If Alfie is back, it'd be interesting to see if he's in from the start and if he is where he plays because if he's out on the wing, then he's he's totally wasted. So it's going to be an interesting one. I think if you basing on where we were Saturday, if that's where we are, which we'll assume because we haven't heard from from Appleton yet, I, I would just remain unchanged. And obviously the bench will hopefully be strengthened by the additions of, of Fiorini and, and Backinson. Mm, yeah, I mean, if Alfie is about, it'd be interesting to see, like I say, wh- where he plays. I, I think, I still think without a proper big target man, it's difficult for Alfie to do his best work. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, Luke says, uh, I wish uh, that Michael Apton would just show a bit more aggression or passion. He looks like Phil Mitchell, uh, but is as intimidating as Ian Bill. Uh, Time Traveller says, getting the badge in is the only personality trait that Mickey Apples has. I mean, I, I, I'm not the, I don't think the same as a lot of people in that. I, I'm not that bothered if a manager stands there not clearly doing anything, as long as his tactics are on the pitch and, and his coaches are getting the message out there. But obviously when the run's going badly and you see the manager standing still, 
until that does get questioned by people. I think, you know, if you remember back to Jacko, probably might not be the best example for everyone, but he was also quite quiet on the on the touchline. But also, you know, he was probably the same when he was going through that great run and, and no one was asking anything about it then. It just feels like a bit of an easy thing to pick up on when realistically the problems are what's happening on the pitch and, and whether Michael's getting his, his measured across. So certainly, you know, like I say, those those that defensive shape at the end, I still think between him and the senior centre-halves, they, they need to be doing a lot more organising. Like we saw um, Massey, I think Gavin Massey running past Louis Watson at the end of uh, the Port Vale game. You know, between Michael and the centre-halves, Louis Watson sh- shouldn't be allowed to lose concentration like that. They have to organise on the field of play between all of them, as well as Louis, obviously, himself. And, and Luke is saying, is it time to give Ness a chance? I don't think he's been great at his limited appearances, but the defence are performing. Uh, but the defence, I'm guessing he means aren't performing, so he deserves a go. So, well, yeah, it's one of those where does he become a better player when he's when he's not on the on the field of play, which we've seen with a lot of our players, but he certainly wasn't great. Uh, is it time to mix it up? It's a good question. I'll be surprised uh, if he does. Right, we've run out of time, actually, on uh, uh, this week's uh, big match preview. Um, quite, a, quite a good show for us. We had a, a transfer news, uh, which we're claiming as a Charlton Live exclusive, but really it's a, it's a Tash Everett exclusive. So well done, Tash, uh, for that one. Massive thanks to uh, everyone who's joined us uh, in the chat today, uh, in the live stream. Loads of comments in there, loads of emails as well. Really good stuff from you guys. So thank you for your time. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you never uh, miss another show where we break all the transfer news. Uh, so come back in about six months for the next one, I think. But um, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks to Tim, our, our guest from the, the Yellow Block uh, pod. Massive thanks then to our transfer correspondent, Tash, and to Lewis. Good to speak to you both. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Been an absolute pleasure. My name uh, is Louis Mendes. We'll be back on Sunday where we'll look back at the Peterborough game. But thank you uh, for listening to Charlton Liars, sponsored by the British Institute uh, of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. We shall see you again on Sunday. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.